What's really cool tonight is that I'm actually not speaking to you, um, but instead you get to hear from some of the seniors, or rather two of the seniors that are going to speak to you. And so um, first up tonight is my buddy here, Jacob, who plays the guitar. And something interesting about Jacob is the first night that he came to the harbor, he brought a guitar and he played here on stage for worship that night. And literally, I'm like, who, who, anyone know this guy? Like, who is this dude? And he was just like, yeah, I'm, I play the guitar, right? And, and I do it. And so really cool opportunity he has um, just to share with you something that the Lord has laid on his heart that he wished, man, maybe he would have known um, when he sat in your shoes where you are now. And so if y'all will give it up for Jacob, here he is. Hey, how's it going? Who, Tyler? Did you just say you love me? Oh my gosh. Thank you. So I don't know how many of y'all saw that, but my guitar string broke like halfway through the second song. That was terrifying. I mean, I don't want to talk on like fear or anything tonight, but that's what fear feels like when you have to lead two more songs and your bottom string breaks. So that was fun, but that doesn't really apply to you guys. So how's it going? Awesome. Okay. All right. So... Andy, so y'all know me. I'm Jacob. I've been up here a few times. Um, as he said, playing the guitar and, you know, I've done announcements a few times, all that good stuff. And uh, I, I went to Great Bridge High School, I guess is the terminology I should be using now, because uh, finally this accursed school year is over. Um, so I really didn't enjoy school much of my life, believe it or not. Uh, you know, some people, it's like their thing. Me, not so much. Um, specifically, 11th grade. 11th grade really was a period of my life that just kind of stretched me a lot. Um, I had a lot going on. I had a very demanding relationship I was in. We don't talk about that. And um, a, uh, a lot of stuff going on at school. Um, just stressful academics, things I had a hard time, you know, I felt like I just had so much going on and I couldn't control it all at once. Um, so, I, but I talk about this like I'm special. We've all got something that happens in our lives that just doesn't seem to go in concurrence with what we think should happen. School is stressful and all the other stuff, including relationships and uh, relationships, can really hurt like, you know, you know, your walk with God in school and all that good stuff. Um, school itself is interesting. We all have that one teacher that annoys us or, you know, that kid in the back of the class that won't be quiet like you guys right now. And um, Anna. Uh, but so it's, um, sorry, that was just so good. You know, if you don't know who I'm talking about, you're probably that kid, and all of you seem to be that kid at the moment. Um, Sorry. Thanks. Um, (laughs) Sometimes it feels like school's all there is. You get up, you go to school, you get up, you go to school, you get up, you go to school, and it can feel endless. It can stretch you sometimes, and if you let it consume you, it can, you know, overtake your life. However, I wish someone had told me this when I was, you know going through, whether you're a freshman or a junior right on the tail end or, you know, or senior like myself, 
is that God's got you through it all. And it sounds really cliche. It's, it's that thing you hear all the time. Your pastors say it. Your teachers say it if you go to a Christian school. Um, your um, spiritual leaders say it. Your small group leaders. But there's so much truth to this statement that more than I think we realize. Trust is a word we overuse. When you say you trust something, you know, it's like, I trust this table. I mean, it's going to hold my Bible. It's got this one leg here, and I, don't, I believe it's not going to fall. I trust the car that I'm getting in when I go from point A to point B. I know the wheels aren't going to fall out, debatably. Um, <laughs> um, but it's, um, you know, give me a second. Sorry. Okay. Saying you trust something and trust, actually trusting it are two very different things. How can you trust something you don't understand? Um, We have faith in things like these chairs and cars and such because we know how they work. We understand them. And so how can we trust God if we don't understand him? It's called the relationship with God for a reason. An example I used earlier was, it's like any relation, it's a very easy example, but it's like any relationship you have with the people around you, you know, your girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, your best friend, you grow to know these people by talking with them, spending time with them, and, you know, uh, just truly investing yourself in these people's lives. It's the same thing with God. Um, You gain trust in a relationship by getting to know the other person. The only way you get to know God is by spending more time with him. Uh, through, through his word, prayer, and I'll come back to that later. But not to sound like every other sermon you've heard, but these things are really important, and they're said a lot for a reason. Um, and they're all very important to developing a uh, relationship with God. Um, during those times in 11th grade, I didn't trust God to get me through it. I said I did, but I really didn't. In fact, I grew angry at God during that time. Things just were not going my way, and it sucked, to say the least. (laughs) I use that word a little too much, but that's truly the word that describes what my 11th grade year was. Um, But it says in Romans, like, what shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And you know, you've heard this verse before. It, It you know, people have their life verses and such. And I'd have to say, this is my life verse. This, this verse makes me and should make you feel hope. The fact that God, the benevolent creator of the universe, is at your back should be the most reassuring thing, like, ever. <laughs> um, God's got you, even though it may not feel like it in the moment. Um, despite how much class sucks that day or how much that teacher gets on your nerves, or when the school year feels like it's just, it just won't end. God's got you where he's got you for a reason. Though it may not feel like it. Like, I find myself being overwhelmed with all the stuff that's going on, like specifically with us seniors in our lives right now, or a junior. You know, you've got college on the horizon. It stresses me out. I don't know about y'all, but I am just overcome with stress. But the fact that God has got me is a reassurance 
that I just have to keep telling myself every day when I, you know, like, is, I'm going to TCC. Is this the right thing? Should I just go straight to a four-year? It's tough, but God's got you through it. And he's got you where you got, where, <laughs> he's got you where he's got you for a reason. It says in Romans 8.18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to can be compared with the glory that shall be revealed to us. As I look back on my 11th grade year, I'm grateful for the way things happened. I grew as a person, a student, and a follower of God. Despite how I felt in that moment, the year changed me, and for the better, though at the time it didn't feel like it. It says in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Now there's that phrase, peace that surpasses all understanding. You've all heard it before, I'm assuming. Um, if you haven't, might not have been in church too long if you haven't heard that. But um, so <laughs> how do we get this peace that surpasses all understanding? It doesn't make much sense. Like, peace that surpasses all understanding? You got to shoot it. Whatever. Um, but <laughs> there are a few things you can do. Speaking with God. Speaking with God helps you better understand God. Like any good conversation, there's a period of speaking, and then there's a period of listening. When you're talking to God, speak your mind. Be frank with him. I mean, he's going to judge you, but you, you won't be able to tell in the moment. <laughs> but um, just talk to God, and after you're done talking, take a moment to listen. Just be quiet and think about the words that you've said. And it's weird because, you know, you, you, you think of prayer as constantly talking. But listening is a big part of it, too. Now, I use the word speaking here because I feel like prayer is such a formal word. Prayer is this big, you know, you're talking to the creator of the universe. It's kind of, it, it can be intimidating, and if you don't really understand it, the word prayer can be a big turnoff to talking to God. When you look at it like you're talking to a friend, or a mentor, or a father, as he's depicted so often, um, it really, with me, just makes it feel so much more personal. When I, when I approach it, it's like I'm talking to a friend, and I just say, God, you know, Help me with this test. Help me with whatever's going on in my life. Help me with college and these decisions that I have to make. It's, instead of looking at it like this task, I look at it like a conversation I'd have with any other person. The second thing is serving. Now, this is where it gets a little difficult. You can pray in the, uh, or speak, in the, you know, the comfort of your room. You don't even have to get out of bed. You can do it. It doesn't require much, you know, getting up. But, Serving is one of the best ways to not only get to know God, but to know the other Christ followers around you. Serving on worship teams has changed my life, to say the least. It's become who I am and what I do, and I enjoy it a lot. (laughs) But had I not gotten up here and played the guitar, I don't know where I would be now. I was a shy kid in seventh grade, and 
I, um, you know, I, I never w- wanted to get on a stage in front of anybody. And I don't know why I said seventh grade so specifically. In middle school. Um, but I, I couldn't imagine myself being on a stage like I am now. I was kind of tricked into playing the first time I ever played, but I, I couldn't imagine where I'd be if I hadn't gotten up here. And, you know, it's not, you don't have to get on a worship team. I know it's not for everyone. Not every one of you are musically inclined. But, you know, there are other things you can do. We, we do serve the city here at the, um, at the church, and we'll go to, like, nursing homes and stuff like that. There are opportunities for you to get out there. It's just a matter of doing it. Now, um, last but not least, growing comes through reading God's word. Growing. So this is, this is difficult. Um, we were, us seniors were gifted these massive Bibles this morning, and uh, it can be intimidating, especially if you don't know what you're doing, or if you're cool and you read the King James, I'm more of an ESV guy, but it's, it's intimidating. It's this giant book full of 66 books that apparently all have some giant relevance to your life. So it's like, where do I start? But having a brain fart. Grow- <laughs> Where do I start? Oh, yeah, so growing um, not only cl- offers clarification on God's plans, it also helps you grow in understanding and learning to trust God. It's back to that how do I get this trust? How do I get this peace that surpasses all understanding? It all starts at God's word. And it all starts with you actually opening the darn book. But <laughs> you got to treat it like breakfast. You know, it's like a devotional or, um, you know, just reading a passage out of the Bible at the beginning of the day. It can make those insurmountable tasks seem a little less difficult. That teacher may be a little less annoying. That kid in the back of the room may be slightly less talkative. It puts a... I don't know, a godly shield around you. Or at least I find it does. Um, School is stressful. And doing each of these things can, you know, just kind of lighten the load. And as you exit school and you go on into, you know, if you're going into a trade or, you know, you're going to college, this applies just as much. Um, So if you remember one thing from what I said tonight, is that God's got you. In his word, he's made promises to never leave you or abandon you, and he never breaks his promises. Life is going to have some hard moments, but trust that a powerful God has not left you. A powerful God. Remember that. So, I'm done. I, I gotta give the stage to someone else as much as I'd like to sit here and talk, but here comes Sarah. Look at her. She's moving. Everybody stare at her. All right. Thank you all. All right. (laughs) Hi, my name is Sarah, and I'm really excited to talk to you guys tonight. Um, So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about myself, and then I'm going to share a story. So um, I just finished high school. I'm about to graduate. Second thing is I'm a dancer. And I love to dance. That's my passion. And I feel really blessed to get to do that every day after school. 
Um, I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to the next thing. Um, I'm a very impatient person. Who else is impatient? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, so now I'm going to share a story about um, a time when I was impatient and what God taught me through that season of life. So when I was 13, I started taking dance classes twice a week. But long before that, I knew I wanted to be a dancer, and I always had the passion for dancing. I can remember making up little dance routines and putting on shows for my parents, and that was, that was what I did in my free time. And I also really loved the show Dance Moms, which is kind of bad, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Um, so... From just being at the dance studio twice a week, I quickly learned what it was like to be on a competitive team, and I knew that that was a life I wanted. And so I remember feeling like that would be like the greatest thing ever, to be on a dance team where I could go to dance every day of the week, and I could perform on the weekends, and I just remember longing for that a lot. And I spent a lot of years, like probably five, just praying for that opportunity to come up. And I even auditioned for a dance team when I was in the eighth grade, and I didn't make it. And so I started to feel like the opportunity to be on a dance team never came because of my ability. And I started to place a lot of purpose and um, how I felt about myself in my performance and how I did at dance. And um, so sophomore year, I've been taking dance classes twice a week for a few years now. And I remember begging my parents to let me quit because I just felt worthless. And I felt that this just wasn't for me anymore, even though I still, in the back of my mind, always wanted to be a dancer. And I still wanted that. But I just felt like I didn't have enough value in dance, and I was never going to be good enough to be on a team. So I remember begging my parents to let me quit, crying on the floor. And of course they didn't because they're good parents. And I'm really thankful they didn't let me quit. Because it was just a few months later that my friend asked me to try out for the studio's dance team. And I'm really thankful she did that because I ended up making the team. And I know that God spoke through her that day because I was so worn down and I felt so worthless and hopeless that there were, there were no words that anybody could say to make me try out. Um, when I look back at those years of waiting for a dance team to come along. I can see now that God didn't want me on a team that was so demanding and that took a lot out of like where you place your worth because I wasn't putting my worth in him. And I wasn't pursuing God for my self-value. I was pursuing what my performance said about me. And God wanted me to value my relationship with him before he gave me something that was so demanding and took up so much of my time. And I know not everyone here is a dancer, but I do know that we all struggle with trusting God in the waiting. And whether that looks like waiting for the perfect friendship to come along and you're feeling lonely, or waiting for the right relationship, or maybe you're praying about your grades, or whatever you're praying about and it feels like God isn't answering, um, just know he has a plan for you. And he's put, not just putting your seasons of waiting to waste. He has a purpose for them. Um, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 3 to trust the Lord and not your own judgment. Always let him lead you and he will clear the road for you to follow. 
I love this verse because it takes so much pressure off of us. And it's not in our plan, the one that we imagine, the one that we just dream about and wish for a certain life, like I wished to be on a dance team for so many years. I'm sure all of you guys do that too. You just fantasize. But this verse clearly tells us that it's God's plan for our lives that will have the most peace and feel the most fulfilled. The Bible also tells us that God's timing and his plan for us is perfect. Second Peter 3 says that for the Lord, one day is the same as a thousand years and a thousand years is the same as one day. God is not working on our timetable. He exceeds time and he loves us so much that he never rushes and he's not impatient. He takes his time on us. Um, in my testimony, God made me wait because he knew where I was placing my self-worth. I don't know what your testimony looks like. I don't know what God is making you wait for, but I do know that God doesn't deprive us of anything. He's giving us something greater. He's giving us a season of waiting. And so I just want to encourage you guys to look at what God is teaching you during your seasons of waiting. Thank you for listening to me. And now I'm going to pray for you guys. Dear Lord, I thank you for these students and this opportunity to speak and glorify your name. We are so thankful for your faithfulness throughout the many seasons of life. God, we know that whatever the circumstances look like, whether it's waiting and trusting or a season of action, we know that you are with us. I pray that you encourage these students through whatever they may be going through, and I pray for peace and perseverance through the seasons of waiting. Help us to seek your voice and your wisdom. Lord, we love you, and we're so thankful for you. Amen.